Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RSN Wrestling Podcast. This is, of course, the RSN Wrestling Podcast. This is the mastermind, Sal. On the other line, we got Rich, the big guy. What's up, guys? And also on the other line, we got the owner of Pro, uh, Pro Wrestling Opinion, PWO, three letters, PWO. It's not any Nick Lopez. It's the one and only the Nick Lopez. Can I do it? Good evening, gentlemen. Um, Can I do the song? I'm, Do it. I'm, I'm sure there's there's a lot Nick, of Nick Lopez, Nick 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 Lopez, <laughs> Nick Lopez, Nick, hey. Nick, Nick Lopez, hey PWO. It's still a pretty <laughs> yep. common name. I, I I tend to Google search myself every third Tuesday of the month, but um, I'm the only Nicholas Jason Lopez, so I got that going for me. But yep, I digress. Um, so we're here for another. Uh, Fun well, topic. Yep, yep. Well, also, well, well, before we go into that, I mean, could you just tell us, you know, for those people that don't know what PWO, and if you don't know what PWO is right now, you're, you're, you're living under a rock. rock. You're living under a big rock because we put out our promo video. We talked about it extensively all over the time, everywhere. So, Nick, I need, I need you to educate these people well, about what he, PWO is. Before he gets into that, if you don't know what PWO is, you're basically a Roman Reigns fan. Basically, or even I, don't, I, said, I said it. Yep, we, we right. don't talk about Reigns fans. Yep, that's right. They're, they're oh, and PWO. They're scum of the earth. Scum of the earth. Mm. Uh, Ooh, that's yeah, that's but harsh let me, words. Let me you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but explain to us why was PWO. I'm getting to that, Mister Mastermind. PWO is the brainchild of me. I uh, launched it actually almost three years ago today, January 3rd. Um, kind of just wanted to see what it was like to watch wrestling every single show on a national circuit. And maybe one or two independent shows. Just kind of just write my thoughts, get it out there, do reviews on pay-per-views. And then we had our own podcast, so I mixed it all together. Drew in some salt, some pepper. And basically, yeah, you have to say. Kept going. I kept adding more companies, and now we even do West Coast Wrestling Connection, New Japan Pro Wrestling. You could even throw in an NXT or an ROH or a TNA or a GFW or a, or a, I even have some old school stuff on there. I have some old WCW '90s pay per view reviews. It's a ball. Check it out. You'll enjoy it. Yep, and you said so. You said it was P- PWO Pro Wrestling Opinion You can check that out right there. But nonetheless, Opinion Get out from under the rock. That's right. Well, get out from under the rock. Don't get out. If you're living in New York City, don't get out. There, there's a lot of snow all over the place. It, it's like five degrees. You won't enjoy uh-huh. it. Wait a week, oh, no. then you could get out of the rock. But please find some kind of iOS device. Find it an Android. Get to a computer. Check it out. PWO.com. And that's the best thing. It's easy to access. So there you while go. you're at it, while you're at it, check out the RSN podcast. Tell your sister, your brother, your mother, your father, and uncle, neighbor, milkman down the block, Wait the guy at the corner store. Show some love to both sites. The popcorn dude. That's right. Yeah, him too. Also, even the, even the hot dog guy on the corner or the halal guy. Definitely. Definitely. I was hands down. But I mean, like, and, like, uh, and like. The old lady on- 
Of course, of course, the old lady. We always got to the old cat, old cat lady down the street. Of course, we have to. Yeah, have to show some love. But nonetheless, as a uh, as a uh, Nick said, I mean, as Nick and both Rich were talking about on PW, also, also we have our episodes there on uh, of our previous episodes, Women of Wrestling, Rise and Fall, WCW, Rise and Fall, ECW, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can check it out there. Um, but today, specifically, this is the first podcast that we're talking about a topic in 2018. So today we're talking about something very interesting. We're talking about managers, legendary managers from before, past, present, future, and now. Before we go into that, I mean, let me just ask you guys. When you think of manager, what comes to your head? Miss Elizabeth. What names? I mean, what, what, what makes a manager? What makes a manager? Let me ask you that. It's funny that he brings up Elizabeth because... Um... Well, uh, I wouldn't think of Elizabeth as a manager per se. She was just kind of like a valet with some attitude. But I guess when you do think about it, managers are kind of valets with attitude. But um, I automatically would just associate that with, uh, like, let's say you have a really good, like, let's say you have a really good talent, but they don't really quite have the means to get over on their own, at least maybe promo-wise that's where you can utilize a wrestling manager when you have uh, stables managers come in handy sometimes they're like the leaders of the whole group um it's it's a really cool um thing to have in your arsenary um at least in the pro wrestling world i would automatically think of like guys like jimmy mouth of the south heart you know they always had something you know like a prop you know, uh, he had the megaphone. Jim Cornette had the tennis racket. Uh, the Jackal had those weird sunglasses. You know, they, they always had some kind of thing that makes you think of them and in turn makes you think of their talent, of their protege, uh, point, set, match. The right partnership really brings an act pretty much to the main event almost, but when done really badly, it could also derail a push, and um, I'm sure there's tons of examples of that, but they'll all be in the near future to come. But then you also have the Paul Heymans, who is just a mouthpiece, basically. Then you have the female managers, as Nick was saying, like the valets, but there are some that are more than just valets. But, Nick, I have a question for you, though, okay? Yeah. Do you like the managers who actually get into the matches, like interfere and actually perform with the wrestlers? Throw me an example. Um, like, you're basically saying someone that's an accessory that... All right, perfect. Like- uh, well, I know you're kind of behind on up-to-date, but you probably heard Chris... You remember Chris Masters, correct? Yeah. He is technically a manager for Eli Drake right now. I know I'm kind of spoiling a little bit for you, but he no, kind of I gets... Actually, that they're, uh, they're kind of similar in physique build. Oh, God. And their promos are probably... Oh, God. I can't imagine already. It's not yeah, good. I, but I, I, uh, he... Chris basically gets into matches... And tries to interfere for Eli. That's what I'm saying. Like, manager try and interfere, and he actually performs. 
it works. I mean, it works for heel managers. I, I suppose that they're the only ones that really do the interfering. Um, if you guys ever watch West Coast Wrestling Connection, um, I love the product. It's a really good product. Um, King Growl's on there. Uh, they got some really up and coming talents. They got like oh wow, Gang Growl. That's a name drop. Ethan yeah. HD. He he actually wrestles over in Great Khali's wrestling school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's called- CW. I think yeah, Continental Wrestling. I think Entertainment or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the company itself actually has a, a handful of like managers with their talent. My only gripe is sometimes they tend to interfere in the matches way too much. So there's a lot of overbooking. So done and done in the right moments and the right places. I'm I'm for it. I'm all for it as long as it it keeps you focused on the match or you know it progresses a feud. But if you so you basically like it when, if it makes sense. Yeah, I wouldn't want to overdo it um, because then it, it kind of just puts a bad taste in everybody's mouth, you know. So. Um, you know, I'm like I said, I'm all for it, but you know, don't do it too, too much. That's right. That's right. So basically, like, uh, so you guys would say that a, a manager is basically like an, a manager or valet will be someone that's like an accessory to the uh, person's character or perfect example. Yeah. Lana. Yeah, classic. Basically, she Lana was uh, Lana's yeah. perfect. Yeah, she's like the uh, I, I'd say she was the yeah. she was the mouth for Rusev, mm-hmm. the mouthpiece. She, yeah. it, she interfered when she had to. Mm-hmm. So basically, that's how you like the managers, Nick, right? Yeah, I mean, but um, it's funny because Alana's gone through several phases in her uh, stint. I'll always like her as the uh, original, just like straight up Russian mouthpiece for Rusev when he was like in his original monster push. And she had like those Sarah Palin. Yeah, like suits. Like oh, when she came out in the actual suits, not like when she came out with Ziggler. Oh God, let's not go there. Oh man, yeah, I remember that. But I mean, um, that could be an example of basically where, um, you know, I guess we talk about that as like an anchor to someone's character or a tag team or valley anybody. But uh, basically, it's like an extension of the person's character. Like you see all the classics, you know, Freddie Blassie with Andre the Giant. Whenever that was the case, it was always you know. Freddie Blassie would be that, you know, he's probably, yeah, he'd be Brother the mouthpiece, but I love, of course, they're always the mouthpieces, but they, you know, they always exude something out of the character. Like when you see the person over the years, you go, oh, okay, now, you know, that's someone who identifies with that person, you know, or like a tag team. You see like people like, you know, Sonny. Yeah, Sonny. Classic, classic. You know, when Sonny was, uh, you know, managing, you know, managing, I think it was, uh, what was it? Um, the, the body gunners, the, the godlings. Mm-hmm. What was, the, was it the guns? The uh, smoking guns. Smoking guns. Yeah, yeah. She was, and you know, at, that was basically the talk. Uh, like the I, whole talk was road warriors. Yeah. But basically, I feel like British bulldogs. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but she well, appeared on a lot of 1990. She, she might have. What about Heart Foundation? Well, she didn't do Heart Foundation, did she? No. Well, no, back that, yeah. that came after her. Oh, I see. No, it was all, it was before her too. She was still in the company, but she was only doing like backstage segments at that time. Because uh, that was when she had that little thing with Shawn Michaels. Yep. Supposedly, I think uh, the accusation was Bret Hart was cheating, I think, with uh, with his wife or something like that. Had an affair with Sonny or something like that. And then it was like a big deal, right? But, but Sonny basically came out and said, no, I was only sleeping with Shawn. Yep. That's right. That's right. 
And then, of course, it was like the whole controversy. But I think what, like, if you look at, well, look at the most classic one, Macho Man and, uh, you know, Miss Elizabeth. Classic example, you know. Uh, that was the, she was like, yeah, I give Maria Kanellis mm-hmm. props. Yep. But I'm sorry to say, the actual first lady of professional wrestling is Miss Elizabeth. Hands down, hands down. Because that was like, I think, where, where it entered the period where, okay, you know, you had someone that identified with it. There's no Macho Man Randy Savage without... Miss Elizabeth right there next to him. Exactly, exactly. There is no, you know, it has to be one or the other, you know. It can't be, you know, one and then that's it, you know. It's like, like for example, when they had that uh, that uh, with the Macho Man and with, um, what's her name? Uh, forgetting her name, damn. Sherry, Sherry, Sherry. Sensational Sherry, yeah, yeah, Sensational Sherry. When she was with Sensational Sherry, people said it didn't work, it didn't work out well, or, you know, they thought, okay, you know, it was a change of, change of character because it turned healed, but, you know. But before, I mean, when we talk about managers, we talk about what a manager is. Um, but let me ask you this. Would you guys classify a manager as a babyface manager and a heel manager, or would you just say the manager is just there to just supplement the character? Whatever the character does, it'll roll along with it. Um, it varies. But I, I, I would usually say they're either faces or heels, and then depending on whoever, whatever client they pick up. Well, actually, it's funny because, um, you know, there's times where Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, they're, um, depending on who his opponent is, Lesnar's either the good guy or the bad guy. But, like, the, um, the, uh, the, dy- the, the dynamic of their relationship still doesn't change. But just however, just based on whoever they're facing, you know, it changes everything. Like when he would when he used to face John Cena, like he was like the heel. Um, I guess when he took on Samoa Joe, you know, I guess he was, you know, essentially the face. So it flipped and then you had like times where it was like Roman Reigns or just kinda like tweener territory. So it really doesn't like, you know, it really doesn't matter like if they're face or heel. I mean, as long as they're over, you know, Lesnar, Lesnar and Hammond are always going to be over, so you don't have to really worry about the face heel spectrum. They'll just chant, cheer for whoever they want to cheer. But then you have other other people like, you know, uh, for a for a long time it was like Natalia, you know, she was with uh, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. They were always primarily a, a heel act, at least right. while they were together. Um, but what's funny is they always got face pop because they're so talented. Yeah. But I think it's also the fact that um, some of these managers, they're charismatic in themselves. Like you see, like, uh, you know, many different characters over the years, you know, like, uh, for example, with Enzo, right? Enzo, you know, he's had like, you know, but Carmella was his manager, right? For one time, right? Or as a tag team with Enzo and Cass, you know, she was the tag, you know, she was the manager for both of them. There was some kind of charisma with that. It was like, all right, cool. You know, and then later on, you know, of course, certain characters have their own, uh, like certain managers. They have they go down their own path, like you see, for example, with uh, let's let's go back to Lana. Uh, yeah, Lana, Lana. you can go back. Hell, I'd, I'd say even Santino Morella and uh, and um, uh, I'm sorry, yes. Santino, yeah, Santino, Santino Morella and Beth Phoenix, classic example. You know, you see, you see this kind of thing where uh, you know, it was it was an odd okay. pairing. I can People do one at better, Andy. yeah, Eddie, Eddie and China, definitely. That's another one, too. Odd pairings, but you ended up seeing a one star overshine. Right, I mean, I, I wouldn't really classify it as a manager. I'd just say that's more like a valet slash partnership. 
Like, what about um, Esa Rios and Lita? Yeah. Like, at, but, at well, first, I, yeah, at first, um, or at least when Lita was associated with the Hardy Boys and, like, you know, uh, Edge and Christian at Rhino. Yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't really call them. It's, it's funny because I wouldn't really call them managers per se. Yep. But then yep. again, I guess they would. Not every manager needs to talk, and not every manager, you know, needs right. to be the mouthpiece. Right, but, right. I mean, I mean, well, we know. can take kind of like this. I mean, we could probably agree with this, right? Uh, if we break it down by eras, in the '80s, it was mostly like eras. You know, that was a high thing. You know, good guy, bad guy. You see, you know, Freddie Blassie with Iron Sheik, and you know Hulk Hogan, or you know Andre the Giant and Freddie Blassie. But, you know. Uh, you see, you know, Grand, Grand, uh, what you call Grandmaster, what was his name? It was, uh, the Grand Wizard Wrestling. You know, yeah. bad guy, classic bad guy, you know, Mr. Fuji, plastic bad guy. You know, like it was like, you know, he threw like, you know, talcum powder in people's faces. But now it's like, you know, of course, I think that role has changed. Like, where you see, like, uh, in the Attitude Era, now it's totally changed. You know, you have people like China, you have people like, you know, uh, Lita, you know, now the team up with different tags. They, they, they actually yeah. got involved in the match, they actually yeah. took yeah. bombs. And I think that's where it kind of shifted to from, you know, where it was like manager valet to like, you know, now there's a different, totally different connotation to it. Now a manager can actually get involved. Now a manager can actually be there and, you know, physically be a part of it. Whereas back in the day where it was like, oh, you know, very limited. A manager really can't do nothing. And if you look at it, most of the managers now compared to before, they were much more uh, like, you know, now I guess, you know, like you see back in the day where most of those managers ever fit, you know, to like be in competition and stuff, I wouldn't say, right? Some you know, all these other managers are skinny, you know, like 90, 100 pound dudes, right? Fragile, like referees. But now it's like, you know, you see managers that are potentially that can be wrestlers or have <laughs> been wrestlers. Heyman. Yeah, Paul Heyman, classic example. He's probably Paul like Heyman's the only, only manager. He's big enough to be a wrestler. He's big enough, yeah. But, you know, and he's, well, here's the thing. He's taking so many bumps. It's crazy now. Like, you know, and, and that's the thing. He's, uh, you know, ECW is so like, many you know, bumps, he could open his own wrestling school. Basically, yeah, and like that's the thing that that's that's what gets it, you know. But if you see like for people like Freddie Blassie or things like, that, very rarely they would get involved. Very rarely they would get involved because, of course, they don't want to hurt themselves. They don't want to get involved, you know. It's like, oh, you know, you know, leave, leave the wrestling to the wrestlers, not to us. Because they're but I think too, they're too valuable to the company. Yeah, as a that's right. Manager that's right. As a mouthpiece. Like, like, I guess it's the only, you know, I, th- I think the only reason they would actually involve a manager was if they're doing like an angle, right? Like, let's say, oh, you know, this wrestler, the manager's going to, the manager's yeah. going to turn on the wrestler. Yeah, the manager's going to turn a wrestler, or you like, know, perfect. Oh, that's the yeah. most. If you think about it, that's the most common way mm-hmm. that managers actually get involved when they're actually involved in the storyline. Like, yeah. hey, yeah. Uh, you're basically going to cause. Um, Perfect example. Just say Brother Love was going to turn on Taker. Yeah. Hey, uh, I want to actually use his real name. Hey, Bruce, um, your storyline is going to be you're going to turn on Taker and you're going to side with Yokozuna. Just a person that came off the top of my head for some reason. That's right. So you're going to basically cause Taker to lose his next five matches. Yep. And at the pay-per-view, you're going to hit him with the urn. Yep. And you're going to side with Yokozuna at SummerSlam. That's right. I mean, well, when you're talking about the lines of someone that did turn, let's talk about a real-life example, Paul Bearer. Many times this happened with Kane, it's happened with Undertaker, it's happened with a whole kind of things, you know? 
But it's interesting. You see that's kind of a you know that that dynamic. Like you see person wow, like Paul Bear. Wow, that's a great fucking storyline. I I should become a writer yep. for WWE. <laughs> well, we should. I think all of us should definitely. They're better writers anyway. But you know, but well, let's break it down like this. You tell what do you guys you guys tell me then? Um, based on a different era, so eighties, nineties, and now two thousands, probably in two thousand tens, I guess. What would be your best managers for each era? I'll, uh, 80s, I would do, um, probably Bobby the Brain Heenan. Bobby the uh, Brain Heenan. Classic, yeah. classic. Yeah. Uh, can we all go unanimous on that one? Yeah, yeah. definitely. I'm down either, for that, too. Either, well, are we considering Miss Elizabeth a manager or a valet? I'd say the same. Managers, valets, they're both the same. You know, they count as manager, right? <clears throat> yeah, uh, I could... If we're doing valets as managers, also, I'm going Miss Elizabeth yeah. over uh, Freddie. Well, well, let's put this into context. When you when you play, let's say a, a wrestling video game, right? When they when you when you pull up, you know, a singles match, right? It says okay, one on one, right? And then it gives you the option of adding a manager, a single with yeah. manager, right? Yeah. Does it does it let you distinguish between manager as a female or male? It doesn't, right? It just tells you as a manager. It right? says select manager. Yeah, so I guess, you know, I think that's changed now. Probably in the 80s, probably when I had a video game in the 80s, that's probably what it was. You know, it was like, okay, you know, that's a valet, that's a manager. But now it's like, eh, you know, it's all right. Manager, so manager. Yeah. For the 80s, I'm going the original first lady of professional wrestling. I'm going Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth. Really? <clears throat> Nick, who else? Anybody I'm else? sorry. I, I love Bobby the Brain, but Miss mm -hmm. Elizabeth always has a place in my heart. I just love Miss Elizabeth. She was like, yeah, we have the good looking women wrestlers now. Mm -hmm. But Miss Elizabeth, she was like, you know how Mr. Perfect says he's perfect? Yep. Miss Elizabeth is yep. perfect. That's right. Well, I mean, that's the thing. because God, it, I mean, God yeah. rest her soul, rest in peace. She deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. That's right. And Nick, what about you? Oh. Just when she was in there. No, uh, she's she's on... not. So I I look this up every year just to make sure. I'm gonna start a petition. <laughs> Put Elizabeth in the Hall of Fame. And yet Donald Trump is on there. Just yeah, no. And mm -hmm. Snoop Dogg is in there. Snoop Dogg is in there. Well, Mike Tyson is, even though he's a boxer. Mike Tyson actually did something physical. Well, at least he, it's not he like actually yeah. punched. He yeah. punched Shawn Michaels out. <laughs> Yeah, well, at least it wasn't like, uh, you know, other Hall of Fames where they induct referees, you know? That's like, oh. yeah, we're so, not, you know. We're not going to speak about that no, 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 we do not speak about it. That's another thing we don't speak about here on the RSM Wrestling Podcast. No, but we, I mean, do. Uh, we do speak you know. about it, but it's poking fun at it. Yeah, that's true. That is. But I mean, um, so what about the 90s? What do you guys think about the 90s? Like, if those women, uh, 90s was basically I, I, a lot of female managers. Yeah. I think it was just so many. I think that was the time where things were changing. It was uh, like, you know. Everything got more, um, well, it's funny because the WCW, they kind of took the old school approach with managers. Like, uh, you had Sonny Onu, you had. Um, Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth, yeah, she was NWO. Um, you also had uh, James Mitchell, who I think was under a different, uh, James E. Vandenberg. And ECW. With uh, Mortison Rat. You had um, Colonel Robert E. Parker. You had 
Uh, wasn't um almost every other act had a manager. But, yep. uh, NWO had a shitload of managers, technically. Yeah. Technically speaking, yeah, but um, I don't know. It's uh, but I think change. yeah, I and think what yeah, that's right. I mean, if you would think about the NWO, a big faction, I think they just had this kind of thing where it was like rotating managers. Either Dusty, it was either uh, what you call it, Rick Rude. It, it all like, depends on the act. Yeah. Yeah, or it has to be like a, either a, a, like a wrestler that just retired, or like an old wrestler. I think that's where it really or came someone, down to. Or someone who was actually a manager. Yeah, like they never had an actual manager that identified with them. I mean, you could make arguments that you know it was this person, that person, but when you look at the history, based on the amount of members they had, the member, the amount of uh, you know, uh, people they had those, in that group, those were like just... eight hundred managers, right? Yeah, so they probably. I think everybody had a turn to go be a manager. Probably Kevin Nash was a manager at one point. Scott Hall was a manager. He probably was. was a manager one time. It's hard to say, you know. I think I think yeah, it's like you know, that's like a faction that was a lot of chaos. You know, it's like it's hard to say, but I mean, definitely, oh. and that's the one thing. Also, like I would. Club. Well, NWO came around before them. They technically. No, saying it's, kind of, it's kind of like the Bullet Club. Eight hundred people in the group. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, well, also, I mean, yeah. Um, I was, what was that I was gonna say? Yeah, because WCW and actually, I would I would actually say uh, Sherry had a better run WCW when she was uh, managing Harlem Heat as a sister Sherry. And oh, then, that was that was good actually. That that was phenomenal. Yeah, that was pretty good. How can you forget Paulie Dangerously? His original run as a as a heel manager with the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah, all the stuff that kind of set the foundation for what he'd take on later on. You know. Yeah. Developing new stars, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's then, the big thing. Yeah. And then also in the Attitude Hour, yeah, it got more sexualized, but also managers, but actually it was even behind an angle because believe me, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, didn't, uh, didn't they have like an invitational tournament to win Terry services that kind of set up um, the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian to tear the house down, No Mercy 1999. That's right, yeah. Her manage- her, her management was basically the spark behind that whole storyline that basically was the reason for the match. So, you know, right. uh, Bill, the ironic thing is nobody associates uh, her with either of those mm-hmm. acts because people came around later on that ended up stealing the thunder, per se. But Terry was always like in the mist as like a manager, and then she was managing Kane for a while, and that was um, that was a thing. She was also with DX. She really, yeah. she really hopped around. God. Yeah, but then when you see like people like China, let's say we talked about it before, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, I think with the faction, when it comes to like a faction, like you talk about who's the manager for DX. Was it Rick Rude? I wouldn't say Rick Rude. The original one. Have to say. Yeah, the Ask original one was Rick Rude. Rick Rude, but then. Like, which one do you mostly identify with when you think of DX? China, I right? If I go with Terry. With Terry, really? She was but more then, of, like, the manager type. China was just, like... She the started muscle. out as the bodyguard, which is primarily uh-huh. for, like, Triple H, but she ended up develop- She ended up just being, like, one of the guys, essentially. Uh-huh. So, I, well, I, I think that's... Like, uh-huh. straight-out manager, I would just go with, like, Terry, because she, you know, she wasn't... Uh, Wait, was Trish around in the 90s? As a manager for TNA? Yeah, managed uh, Tessa and Albert, TNA. She got her start. That's not a bad pick either. 
because at that yeah. point she wasn't doing anything. She was just managing. And Lita started yep. as S.A. Rios' manager, and then she became, she, she got associated with the Hardys. Yep. Um, Ivory was with Right to Censor. Um, what well, about, uh, that was a yeah. horrible fucking group. Oh, oh what about this? Oh, oh I love right yeah. We can't knock them. What about 19, in the 1990s with uh, the managers? As uh, I'm sorry, uh, the McMahons. The McMahons as managers. And then the, the different wrestlers. Yeah. You think about the corporation, the Rock, Stone Cold. A McMahon, you know, McMahon. In, a McMahon in every corner. Yeah, McMahon in every corner. That, yeah. that that infamous WrestleMania, that Fatal Four Way. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, what about Vince McMahon? Um, you know, uh, let's say you know when they were fighting against you know when 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 you think about Vince McMahon, whether whoever he had fighting against you know whoever he was a big menace because he was you know he was like that manager that was like okay he's the boss, but also you know he can do whatever the fuck he wants, like you know. Basically, he can make the rules in his favor. He could do whatever the hell he wants. He could put you in a handicap match and be like, "Fuck it," you know. I'm the boss. You gotta do what the fuck I gotta do. And then, and then you know, it's a, he- it's a handicap match, but it's a no DQ handicap match, and I'm gonna have 15 people come down and beat your ass while we're at yeah. it. Yeah, it would be sometimes. Yeah, I'd also even classify Stephanie McMahon as a manager because oh she man, more, she was more into it in like the Attitude Era, but literally like. She was hopping around between Kurt Angle and Triple H, and they did like a, a love triangle storyline there. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like Deborah, you know, she was she was Stone Cold's manager, and then she was thrown in as the Rock's manager for their WrestleMania X Seven buildup. So right. you know, a lot of women, a lot mm-hmm. of women managers. I, I can't. I'm trying. I'm struggling trying to think of any like male managers in the Attitude Era. Yeah, I mean, well, we can probably say, uh, you know, when we talk about, um, what was I going to say? Uh, well, of course, we talked about Paul, Paul Bearer when it was with Kane and things like that. That was pretty I cool. I think too. he was the only one, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I think Paul Bearer and, um, and Rick Rude. He had the Jack from, I think, the Sanders of the Oh. Well, um, was, then you had uh, that other one. Which Hillbilly was- Jim. The tall guys and the tight shirts and the... Well, I think this is also the era where there was also a lot of managers that were very, like, you know, a lot of pairings, should I say, that were very there questionable. Him. There was like, Billy uh, Jim. He was the actual manager of the Godwins. Yeah, yeah. But I Remember mean... That, like, Nick? Yeah. The slot... Uh, what oh, was it? The pig pen match? Yeah, that's a little yeah. dirty. Uh-huh. But I mean, there's, like, a lot of different, like, uh, odd pairings, too. I mean, but when I talk about odd, it was like... You know, it was like a goof, like, oh, you know, ha, this is someone's manager. Like, remember when they had that little incest storyline? The guy's name was, um, but they had that, that had going, that was really fucked up. I was like, whoa, you know, that's, that's crossing the line. May Young and Mark Henry, uh, who else? Um, who are you talking about the incest storyline? You remember they had a, it was, no, it wasn't, it was an incest storyline. It was like a, uh, they were going for it. I think it was what, Paul Birchall, Katie Lee. Well, yeah, no, that that was one, but then was in 2000s. the nineties, no, in the nineties there was a, uh, it was like a son and a mother, um, incest angle or something like that. I forgot what the guy's name was. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Oh no, no, I just thought of another wrestler, uh, Marlena. Marlena and although ironically, Goldust. Became I mean, yeah, Marlena Goldust. What about WCW? Judy Bagwell and uh, what you call it? Buff Bagwell? Deborah. Oh Shelton my God. mama. Yeah. It was like, come on, man. You know, like you had all these goofy, you know, pairings, but you know, it, it, yeah. We got we got have a whole fucking show just on horrible managers. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, they're good managers, and 
bad managers. But what about um? Let me ask you guys then. So let's move on about the two thousands, two thousands, two thousand tens. Like currently, um, Molina, Molina, Eminem, right? Yeah, that's classic. how she got her start. Classic, classic. I think yeah, that's right. Um, she was a, uh, she's someone my, I think benefited most out of everything. Just a name that we just that dropped recent a uh, uh, couple minutes ago. A uh, relative, mm-hmm. Brandy Rhodes. Uh huh. Brandy Rhodes, right, right. Uh, who else? Maria Canellis. Maria Canellis, definitely. Um, what about what well, Maria Canellis when when she was with Santino? What about that? Uh, I was Beth Phoenix with Beth Phoenix, hands down. I think Beth Phoenix with Santino. That was, that was cool. That's like that strange bedfellow things. Yeah, but it was just, I guess, you know, the same kind of thing where it's like, you know, uh, you know, they, they made this kind of angle where, you know, the man is the one that's, you know, the punier one. Is and, the woman. Yeah. And it, it's like the roles, roles, roles reversed, I guess, you know, but like, um, whereas, or you saw like, you know, let's say uh, Carmella and um, James Ellsworth, you know, same, it was, you know, it, it took its, its, you know, its tangents, but people kind of looked at it and went, uh, you know, it's all right. Like, I remember in the beginning where it was like, okay. James Ellsworth was paired with Carmella. Carmella Paul was just using her. Yeah. Uh-huh. Paul Elring. Yeah, definitely. Um, who else? Well, we can't we can't forget. Oh yeah, uh, we got Paul Elring was in the eighties and the nineties and the two thousands. And two thousands, right, right. Um well we can't we can't forget one more. What about um uh what's his name? Uh what about Paul Heyman? Of course, Paul Heyman, we we said that many times, right? Well yeah, Paul- he re- uh-huh. so once once Lesnar made his comeback, and then then he had to run with CM Punk and Curtis Axel, and I think he was Cesaro. Cesaro That's too right. for a time. Mm-hmm. So you know, but, it's, it was good to be a Paul Heyman guy there for a little while. Um, That's right. Well, you, a lot of people also forget there's quite a list of Paul Heyman guys that he never even actually managed on screen. Yep. Big yep. Show, Undertaker, Medusa, Medusa. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Ring of Honor also had a, a good share of managers during yeah. that time. You had um, the late Larry Sweeney, mm-hmm. who was Maria Canellis. Yep. Yeah, she was there too. But Larry Sweeney, who was like a throwback '80s manager, like he'd come out with the white blazer, talking on like the flip phone, like during his entrance, and his really? song was more and more and more. Mm-hmm. It, it, and then he had like the big shades, the curly hair. And basically, he ran this group called Sweden Sour Inc., which was kind of like Bullet Club, just except like... Not 800 like members? Bunch, it would be like a bunch of... No, it was just like five men. But uh, Chris Hero was in it. Um, I think... Uh, I think Claudio was in it, too. Castagnoli. Well, we know him as Cesaro now and Cash is all now. But uh, basically, their thing was they had like a really fat guy named Dempsey, and they would like torment the, the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. And it would just be like a long-running joke. There was like a controversial angle though that happened. It's like a bullying angle. Yeah. They did like a rape angle with like Alice in Danger. She was like one of the one of the group's like first woman wrestlers. So it, it's on YouTube somewhere. It's a controversial segment. I was actually there to see it in person. Um, from like my 15 Ring of Honor shows I've been to <laughs> at the Manhattan Center over its time. So. You know, Ring of Honor is always... Did you say you were there, like, once a month, twice a month sometimes? Yeah, essentially. They would come in, like, August. They'd come back again in September, October, and then in December. 
you know, they had Final Battle, but it wasn't quite like Final Battle, Final Battle as it is right now. But, you know, it's still pretty damn close. Wait, you mean the show that we just went to? Yeah. As oh, yeah. a group? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, which you could actually see that segment that we've done yeah. on ProWrestlingOpinion.com. Yep. Yes, you can. All three. Yeah, nice, nice little uh, cheap hop on that one. Definitely, Good job. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. I mean, well, let's, let's, we talk about ROH. Well, we're in New Japan. Uh, think about uh, what you got, Okada. Okada with, um, I forgot the the other guy's name was, but you know, he's the same Gato, guy. Gato, 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 yeah, yeah. Gato, classic, I think his name is. Yeah, but classic manager. It was cool. You know, every time you see him, it's cool. They always involve him in some kind of angle, and it, it works out perfectly, you know. Whether, you know, you see somebody, you know, piss, you know, like some foreigner getting involved or something into something that they're not, you know, supposed to, it works perfectly, you know. Um, you know, you, you look into other things as well. You know, of course, we talk about Manira, Maria Canellas with, um, uh, we talk about Maria Canellas. Kingdom. Kingdom. Uh, who else? You know. Chris Martini. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. We forgot two big 90s ones. ECW, Dawn Marie and Francine. Robo Dawn Marie and Jamie Noble. Was it Dawn Marie? Oh, no, Nidia, Nidia. Nidia and uh, Jamie Noble. Yeah, yeah. That was was disgusting. Yeah, that was just, oh, man. But it was like, you know, come on, man. You know, like, it was interesting. But then, of course, he had uh, in SmackDown 2003 where they had the Basham Brothers and I forgot what the other. Shaniqua. Shaniqua, yeah. That was that was weird. I was like, whoa. It's like, where's this going? Oh, yeah. That was like the whole that was like a whole dominatrix. Yeah, dominatrix, uh, you know, all that other stuff. Don't oh. forget you had people so, started out as like manager slash bodyguards and they became single stars. Probably the best example of this is Batista. Mm-hmm. He was Reverend Devon's, you know, econ. Leviathan, yeah, yeah. And then he became uh a guy I think, yeah, it was uh what you call it? He became his own individual star. We talk about Ric Flair. With evolution, with effort, yep, he was yep. a big, big part of that. Classic magnet, like heat magnet, all the time. Even he would always have to go ahead and uh, you know piss people off. Charlotte, to an extent, yeah. Charlotte, know, definitely. For a while. Definitely. Are we talking about Alexa Bliss, NXT, with Buddy Murphy, like, and uh, uh, yeah, and the, she, yeah, she really branched out on her own too. Uh huh. Now she's oh, wait, 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 you mean the guy that the sorry. Sorry about that. A little bosh right there. First time in a, in a long time I've done that. Funny, you mean the, we're off to a bad start already. Oh, God. Uh, you mean the girl that Sal wasn't a fan of when she was in NXT? Definitely. Hands down, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't that, a fan of that gimmick. Yeah. That Richie basically said, no, she has potential. Yep. Once and she, now look at her. Yeah, well, once. Yeah, she became Blake and Murphy's heel manager, and they like made their heel run, and she like she dyed her hair red. Like that's the first that's time right. I at her. I'm like, oh, all right, well, this is something different. Uh, I love the hair promos, and she was just knocking them out of the park. The best thing for her, though, I, I think, was the brand split because that really allowed her to like really come into her own and like really establish herself as like you know. They actually asked her her reaction was a legit reaction. She didn't know she was getting called up. Yeah. So that was like a genuine, mm-hmm. like, holy shit, I'm actually getting called up to the main roster. She's yeah. one she of said, the few, yeah, she's one of the few people who actually, like, came from NXT. Not and they actually like, televised it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well now, well now, yeah. Now she's like this big star, so she's on her own now. She's like this big tangent, you know. Yeah, and she's herself on the main roster mostly too. That's right. That's right. And I think that's uh, that's in part by you know I guess you know um, certain characters outshining them. Like you see, what what are um, you know what are Blake and uh, Buddy Murphy doing now? Uh, one's just coming off an injury. Yeah. Which is Blake. Mm-hmm. No Murphy. Yep. And Blake is teaming with some random person. Yeah, but I think I think that's what it really comes down to. Like, you know, either you have a role, you break out on your own, or you know, you just sit there and you know you don't do nothing and and it ends up, you know, you end up becoming released. Like you see all these different kind of pairings, you know, it works perfectly in that favor, you know. Um also just remember Lita was also involved with Edge and the Rangers Superstar gimmick. Yep, that was so pretty was an- I think and- yeah, would you say that was the catalyst? For that rated R gimmick to keep, you know, to grow. Well, and yeah, that was the, inspir- that was the inspiration because it, it, that was the driving force behind the feud with Matt Hardy, and then Edge's like original heel run, and then you know once that gimmick started to take off, he kind of just took it and ran with it, and we we know how that one turned out. That's right. That's right. Well, then, let me ask. Yeah. Well, let me ask I, you guys. I this love that whole. Yeah. Got the biggest, I love the whole rated R gimmick. Yeah. We've got the biggest one. Of the 2000s era, Vicky freaking Guerrero. Oh man, probably I. I, oh, I, yeah, I excuse me. Yes, yes. I, I say. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. But she was like, I think one of those. Um, I, I, I hands down say this. If, if, if you would ask me, she'd be the best. I think for 2000s era for me. That's I think at least because she was the person that would get probably the biggest reaction, the most hate. But at the same time, you know, you, you kind of understood it. You're like, all right, cool. And it caught on real quick. So that was something there. But then after when they went towards that whole comedic aspect, I was like, ah, it's all right. You know, it's okay. But then after a while, you started saying, like, all right, you know, I guess this is where they're going with her, you know. But it works. Um, well, before we end up, um, let me ask you guys this then. What would be the – what would be the um, – uh, what would you guys classify as the greatest manager of all time? Well, I'm. Well, would you guys? Thing. Would here's you guys agree thing. with this? No, but would you are agree you with this? Going, are you going by? We want like just like I'll take your question and I'll flip it a little bit. Yep. To make it an even better question for us to think about. Yeah, sure. You're a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Who's your manager? And why? Based on the track record, I go Paul Heyman. Yeah. Based yeah. Off- who he's managed and his resume and basically if you become a Paul Heyman guy nine times out of ten you're you're gonna get a good push. The sure you have a select few who don't really make it like uh, Curtis Axel or or Cesaro, but for every CM Punk and Brock Lesnar and uh, well he also managed Big Show at the t- uh, at the time too, but that was mainly because he turned on Lesnar, but. Most of the time when Heyman was with you, chances are you were getting over. But also keep in note that Heyman, while he was a really good mouthpiece, the the act that he was with, you know, they were already good on their own. He just kind of just took what they had and, and enhanced it. And that's the essence of a really great wrestling manager. You, you, you emphasize the, the strengths of your protege, and you kind of kind of mask the weaknesses, but 
you know, you still do just enough where, you know, you're not really thinking about about the weaknesses per se. You're just saying, oh, oh, shoot, they're with them, you know, all right, they're legit. That's that they're going to really, you know, they're really going to be a force. I'd even go like Ms. Maurice, like, uh, like nowadays. Tell me that's not, tell me that's not a power duo. That is, yeah. It really is. That is, right, right. But I mean, let me, well, well, yeah, that's how, right. Yeah, well, how about this? Um, I mean, for me, definitely, I, I was thinking definitely Paul Heyman. Like, Paul Heyman, I think he's probably, well, the argument is this Paul Heyman is probably one of the greatest managers of all time since probably Freddie Blassie and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Would you, what would you guys say to that effect? I agree. Do you feel like there's anything stopping him? Do you feel like he needs to do more to be able to get to that level, or do you feel like he's already reached it, or you know, you oh. feel like there's something limiting him? Oh. Do you think Paul Heyman? What Sal's basically asking is, has Paul Heyman surpassed Bobby Blassie and Freddie yeah. Blassie as a well, race manager of all time? I would say yes, only just based off because Heyman's had a lot more years and experience to, to work with, not to mention... I think he's had more people also. But he's seen what Heenan did and, and just kind of took his own spin on it, but like still paid homage to him. You know, especially if you look like during his... And like Nick also said, look at his track record. There has been many failures. But, sure, sure, right, right. But do you guys feel like there's anything limiting him from being one of the best of all time? Like no, you, I think he's already up there. What do you feel like? If, you made a, a, if um, we, if you Google top five wrestling managers of all time, he's on every list. That's right. Yeah. It's it's not like I looked at it, mm -hmm. but I just happen to know. Yeah. I mean, personally, I feel like you know, if you were to put him up with anybody else at this point, it's just not going to work, you know. But but like you there know, there might I, be some. There know. might be some exceptions that yeah. you can still work with. Yeah, I mean, it's true, but I mean, if you look at the, like we talk about, I think there's many different uh, pairings. Like you see Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, probably. Um, I would love, a lot of people have already said this. Mm -hmm. I would love to see Heyman go with Joe. Or what about AJ Styles? That'd be cool too. But AJ Styles, maybe, or. AJ, AJ yeah. doesn't need a manager. Yeah. But I think Joe, like Joe, because there was a connection. You know, CM Punk, Joe have a relationship. They're cool with one another, you know, same like, kind of thing. Yeah. There. Joe could cut a promo, mm -hmm. but I personally think Paul could do the talking for him. That's right. I mean, Nick, I don't know. You haven't seen, I think, that you're not up to that segment yet, but there's a segment, I think, specifically, I think, for, yeah, there's a segment where, uh, what'd you call it, Paul Heyman and Joe had an interaction. That was very interesting to see. And the way that that, that, that kind of gelled, it gelled perfectly together because you saw the emotion coming out of Joe. It kind of felt like, uh, Paul Heyman was in Joe's ear telling him, you know, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. This is how we should work that out. And they work perfectly, you know. But, you know. It's, uh, well, here's the thing. I don't think Joe needs a mouthpiece per se because he's, he's intimidating as hell on his own. Um, if they thought Joe needed a manager, they would have put one with them a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but the fun, funny thing is, I think if he came out in the 80s, he mm -hmm. probably would have had a, a, a manager, like, talking for him. But, yeah. Like, like he really was like one of the few to like really bust out on his own. So, you know, I, I would just keep running with it. I don't think he really. The only time Joe really had a manager was Taz, right? Is when he was 
in a group. It, I think. Yeah, what was I think with Taz? I think that wasn't he. He was with Taz. Yeah, with Taz, bro. Wasn't he in TNA? He was with Taz, I think. They did no. some different things. Like I can't even keep track. Yeah, it's like I think this was a. Uh, think back to Fortune. Fortune versus uh, um, that little faction they had. Immortal. Uh, what's uh, Immortal. Yeah, Immortal. Yeah. 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 And I think uh, Joe. I think he was. I think it was either Joe joining um, Immortal or something, or uh, he was joining Fortune. And I guess that's where it all began from there. But I think that's when you know it was like a whole thing. It was probably a while back. I'd say that's probably exactly ten years ago. That's crazy. But yeah, that was, that was interesting. Yeah. But that's one. Yeah. Um. But right off the bat, before we go, uh, your pick of greatest manager of all time. Who would it be? Paul. Paul Heyman. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I would do Paul Heyman just based on. Uh... His track record and, and success story and his clients. Paul Heyman, definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, well, we probably agreed. We probably said that, you know, managers, I guess, you know, we say that all the time. Managers, I guess, are the extensions of a character. Manager, managers make the superstar. Managers make the superstar. They make the character. They develop the character and they help, uh, what you call it, enrich the storyline. So that's one thing there, too, you know. They play a vital role in trying to keep on, um, you know, uh, you know, I guess – Diversifying a storyline, making it different, make change the picture, these kind of things, you know. And I guess that's with the presentation, with you know what's going on, the segments, promos, everything. So, hands down, you know, we could probably say managers are probably an essential role to, I guess, what a professional wrestler is, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, have we left anything else? I think we're all good right there, right? I mean, what about um, we talk about TNA, we talk about New Japan, we talk about ROH. We talk about man- WWE. Yeah, we talk about WWE in depth. I guess we talk about all managers, you know. So definitely. So this is the Arsene Wrestling Podcast. Um, this wait, is, I guess our- there's one thing that we forgot to do. Really? What's that? Plug the the Twitter, the Instagram. Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. The well, face- yeah, the, the Facebook, Facebook, the YouTube, the PWO. The PWO. The PWO, yes, yes. And possibly the new app that we might be using in the yep. future. Yep, yep. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah. So this is the Awesome Wrestling Podcast. Of course, you can check us out on YouTube. You can check us out on PWO, Wrestling Opinion. Um, but also, you can check us out on our other outlets that we got there also. As, as Rich said, you know, you can check us out at Awesome Podcast on Twitter. You can also check us out on Instagram. We're also on Instagram there. Um, and also, you know, from there... That's pretty much us right there. But we having some other other podcasts coming up soon. The truth's also coming up and other stuff as well. And from there, we'll see you guys out. This is the mastermind. The this big, is the big guy. guy. And we got Nick, the night that runs the site of PWO. Nick Lopez. Later. later. Nick, Nick, Nick Lopez. Nick Lopez. Nick. We'll see you guys out. See you guys. Later. <laughs>